Hey, before we get started with today's episode, I just want to quickly let you know that if you DM me the word audit on Instagram, that's at Ken Westgar, we'll do a quick 15-minute audit of your launch. And by the end of the audit, you'll know exactly where to put your focus in order to grow and scale your next launch. So like I said, DM me the word audit on Instagram, and I'll talk to you soon. This is the Oh My God, I'm Launching Podcast, and on today's episode, I am talking to Courtney Elmer, which we had on the podcast once before. That was in episode 40. I highly recommend you check that one out as well. That was actually around the same time that she actually launched her podcast, and she talked about that, how that went, and obviously it went amazing. But now she's back. She's talking about launching podcasts again, but... You know, she's taken her launch and teach others to launch their podcast with great success, which she shares in this episode. So, and we talk about, you know, uh, how to launch it, you know, what we need to think about when we do it, and obviously how you can leverage the podcast and all that stuff. Even if you have a podcast, this is actually applies to you as well. And it actually benefits you if you actually have podcasts that you have been going for a couple of years. You can actually relaunch it and hopefully get your numbers up. So, highly recommend um, checking this episode out and um yeah stay tuned for this episode okay so one quick note before we get into today's episode now we all know creating content takes time but it'll be more effective if you already have mapped out your entire launch so that you know exactly what needs to be done by when and by who now if you want to have a stress-free launch all you have to do is sign up for my free map out your launch mini course so that you'll have a solid launch plan for your next launch now you'll find the link in the show notes or you can go to www.kenwescar.com forward slash launch plan. Have you launched your online course with great success? Or maybe you launched totally tank and you just want to curl up and cry. Well, it really doesn't matter. Hi, my name is Ken Wescar and I'll help online course creators and membership site owners creating the most fun and profitable launches without having to go it alone. In this podcast, we talk about all kinds of launches. You'll get tons of valuable insights and fun stories that highlights the dramatic ups, downs, failures, and success that comes from being in launch mode. This is the Oh My God, I'm Launching podcast. All right. Welcome to the Oh My God, I'm Launching podcast. I'm your host, Ken Wesker, and today I have Courtney with me. And Courtney has been on this podcast once before. So welcome back, Courtney. Thank you, Ken. It's exciting to be back. I know right before we hit record, I'm like, where did the time go? It's been a couple years, but I feel like yeah. we've all lost those years <laughs> between the pandemic and everything <laughs> else going on. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, well, I did you know, check it up and it was episode 40 and it was uh, the end of June in 2020. So yeah, it's been almost a couple of years since last time. And uh, it's great to have you back. And last time we also talked about uh, launching a podcast and we're going to talk a little bit about that today too. Um, but, you know, obviously there might be some people who don't know who you are. So why don't you just give us a quick introduction of, you know, who you are, who you help and how you help them. Absolutely. So I'm the CEO and founder of a company called The Effortless Life. And really what we're all about, you know, I always say this. I'm like, if Gary V is on one end of a spectrum with the hustle and work hard mm-hmm. and, you know, all the sweat equity and stuff to be successful, we're on like the very far, as far opposite end as you can get. We are like <laughs> the anti-hustlers. And really what we are all about is helping business leaders get the right systems in place in their business, the right structure, the right support so that they can scale to the level that they want to scale, because that's different for everyone. Sometimes it might be six Mm -hmm. figures. Sometimes it's seven figures. Sometimes it's somewhere in between. And to spend your available time, as much of it as possible, doing the thing you got into business for in the first place, really thriving Mm -hmm. in your zone of genius and not so bogged down by all the day-to-day busy work that often we keep ourselves busy with under this false pretense of productivity when really all we're doing is burning ourselves out in the process. So finding Mm. that balance, finding that rhythm between growing a business and having a life while growing a business. Exactly. Yes. Love that. Um, So podcasting, yes, the last time you were here, that was right after you actually launched your podcast. And uh, I noticed that back then, you know, you had a huge success with your launching of that podcast and thought, you know, you have to talk about this. How did you do that? And then, you know, there's so many podcasts being launched probably every day for all I know. Um, But um, now you've done it and you helped a lot of people with it after we actually spoke on the podcast. Um, How has that journey been for you? Because obviously... You hadn't spoken about that before. You hadn't helped anybody with launching a podcast, but that has changed, right? 
<laughs> really changed. You know, it's so interesting because I never, ever in a million years saw myself teaching podcasting. You know, it was something that was never a part of my vision. Like when I sat down and, you know, worked out my vision for where I want to be five years, 10 years from now, et cetera, podcasting was never a part of it. Having a podcast, mm-hmm. yes, but teaching others how to have a successful, profitable podcast was like not even remotely on my radar. So when we last talked, we were really just debriefing my own mm-hmm. launch and how like, you know, how on earth did you get 60 plus five-star reviews the first week that you launched and chart, you know, and rank on Apple. And that's like unheard of for new podcasters. Usually we don't see, you know, new podcasters ranking as much as it's these people that have been around forever who've been podcasting for years and years and years that are at the top of the charts. So really to take you from where we left off that conversation and fast forward a bit into what I'm doing now with teaching podcasting. What happened was a lot of friends and business colleagues started reaching out to me Mm -hmm. and they were like, Courtney, how did you do this? Like, what was your secret? You know, can you walk me through your process for launching your show? Because I've been wanting to launch one or I'm planning to launch one this summer or whatever. They had their timeline in mind and they're like, we want this to be successful. So show me the ropes. Mm -hmm. So I did. And I started telling people what I had done and none of it's rocket science, but it was just a simple process that I had put together for myself that I started sharing with other people. I said, well, these are the steps here. Go do this. And they would take that and run with it and come back to me and they would get better results than I did. Some of them were like, wait a second, this was insane. We got over a hundred five-star reviews and we had thousands of downloads flooding in and people have been just commenting on the show left and right, how impactful it is. And we're seeing all of a sudden this huge uptick in our sales because of it. We're seeing more people than ever reaching out saying, hey, I heard your podcast. I'd love to set up a call with you or talk with you about this thing. And they were like, this is mind boggling. So then I'm like, Okay, wait a second. Like, I must really be onto something here because if they're getting better results than I even got Mm -hmm. using the formula that I had put together, which at the time wasn't even a formula, it was just literally like a list (laughs) of steps, do this. And so I was like, okay, maybe this could really benefit people. This could be something that could help people. And I'm just, I'm one of those people, Ken, that I can't keep things a secret if it's going to help somebody. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm just going to share it with them. I'm not one of these business owners that's like, oh, I've got all the best strategies here and I'm only going to use them for myself. It's really, for me, it's like, it's not worth it unless I I share it. And so I put together a small focus group of people. And let's see, that last episode was what, June of 2020, you said? So this was April of 20, I mean, October of 2020, that I put this focus group together. And we had about 14 people in that group. I gave them this formula. They went out and launched their shows. Their shows today, almost two years later at the time of this recording, still at the top of the charts, bringing in leads and sales left and right. They're reaching out to me. One of my podcast coaches, she's a student now turned podcast coach within my group. You have a coach too. Yes. (laughs) It's like a whole thing. I'm telling (laughs) you. And so she reached out and she sent me a screenshot the other day. And she's like, Courtney, look, this is all the countries I charted in just this week. And it was like a list of a dozen countries. And I was like, wow, like, okay. Which felt really good for me to see. Cause it's not anything that I did. It's not some, mm-hmm. you know, fancy proprietary thing that I put together that I teach. That's like so amazing. It's just the fact that, you know, if you really want something and you want it bad enough and you're willing to invest the time. And sometimes the money Mm -hmm. in order to learn how to do it right. The results that you can have and the headache and the time that you can save yourself on the back end. You know, it's just incredible. And it's so amazing to see these people now who have always had a dream of having a podcast of their own, but had never pulled the trigger for whatever reason, mindset, lack of time, self-doubt, whatever it might've been, Mm -hmm. but that they got over those hurdles they executed a plan and their message, they're now able to reach thousands and thousands of people with their message and the ripple effect that that impact has. Mm, yeah. And, you know, just with one podcast, the hundreds and thousands of people you can reach, much less multiple podcasts. And to just know that I was able to play some very small role in that and in helping them get their start in the podcast space is so rewarding to me. Because I really value connection. And at my heart and in in my very core, I believe that everyone has a message worth hearing. Mm -hmm. Sometimes that message is covered up with a lot of noise. And sometimes the noise is a lot of the noise we're telling ourselves as to why people won't listen or 
why it's not worth talking about or sharing or our story doesn't amount to much or whatever that we're telling ourselves. But everyone has a message and that message is someone out there is waiting to hear it. Mm, yeah. They need to hear it and they're only going to receive it from you. So I just believe that to my core and, and to me, podcasting, being able to utilize this amazing tool, both to help reach the people who need your message and leverage it for business, because that's a nice little bonus yeah. when you can get sales <laughs> and leads flow from it, right? I'm very much a big part of like leverage and strategy when it comes to business. So to me, it's just such a powerful platform and it's something that I'm just like, stumbled upon and so passionate about that surprised myself with how much I really love podcasting, like just geeking out on podcasting, but it really is so powerful. Mm -hmm. And I don't know, that's really the evolution of, you know, from then to now. And now that's what we do. We help podcasters, you know, at least one of the things that yeah, we do. We help that's podcasters not the only thing you do. You still launch your right. No, it's <laughs> not. <laughs> other things that you do. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, but it sounds it's so great to just hear you say that that you know the message needs to be heard and yeah, there's always someone out there who is dying to hear that there's someone else you know struggling with the same things or have a solution for that problem, whatever it might be. So and yeah, podcasting is a great way to reach out to new people that you haven't. It's amazing and often yeah, you know, just thinking about you know you have X number of downloads, or whatever. But imagine if you put all of those people into your house. I mean, you couldn't cram them into even the living room sometimes, you know, and, uh, right. but that's also probably some, something people should need to think about is that, you know, it's not about the numbers necessarily because, you know, some people will just have 50 downloads one week and other will have 10,000 downloads, but it doesn't matter because it's, your message is getting out there and it's reaching someone. Imagine having yes. those 50 people in your house, you know? I know. I know it's powerful. Mm -hmm. And you know, what I like to think about too, in terms of podcasting, that I think a lot of people haven't thought of podcasting in this way. Mm. But back in when I was first building my business, my son, who's now four, was an infant at the time. I mean, he was little. And sometimes the only time that I would get a break in the day would be to like strap him in the stroller and say, <laughs> okay, we're going for a walk. I didn't know how long we would be or how many miles we'd walk that day. But we would just go and we'd walk for miles. And during that time, you know, he'd be munching on his snacks or whatever, and I'd be listening to podcasts the entire way mm -hmm. and just learning as much as I could about business, trying to find all the shortcuts that we're always looking for, you know, okay, how can I do this better? How can I grow faster? How can we generate more leads, more sales, all the things we need to keep our business going? And it just clicked for me one day. And I was thinking to myself, gosh, if all these people who have podcasts are sitting here sharing their wisdom and their knowledge with people in their audience, me being one of them, mm -hmm. and that I'm sitting there learning all of this, gosh, how much do I have to share with people that I could essentially be on the stage sharing? Like what if a podcast could be the stage right. that I build for myself mm -hmm. and build my own audience to be able to share all of my knowledge and just my life's experiences in business, both as a parent, as a business owner, and being able to share that with others and really helping them in their journey. And that idea, that's all it was. I mean, I wasn't even remotely close to launching a podcast at that point, but it was just this little idea that I tucked away in the back of my mind. And every once in a while, I would think about it. And I was just like, could I be doing more to reach people? And at the time, I was doing so much on social media, as many of us do, yeah. <laughs> and not seeing hardly any results from it. I mean, doing everything the influencers say, post more, post every day, mm -hmm. post multiple times a day, do stories. Reels weren't out at the time, you know, but it was just like more, 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 more. And I felt like I was on this hamster wheel of content creation that I could never step off of. Because if I missed a day or if I didn't post, that meant that was a day that went by that I wasn't in front of my ideal client and they would forget about me because I wasn't there in their feed. And so I had this mentality at the time that I had to always be posting. I had to always be creating content. And it really went against my own value of time mm. and utilizing that time well. And I felt like I was 
just trapped in this cycle of having to do something for the sake of growing my business that wasn't actually yielding a return. It wasn't giving me much in terms of leads and sales. Yeah, sure. I'd reach out and connect with people here and there. People would here and there ask about my programs, but it wasn't like, you know, this influx of people. And I didn't feel like I was really building a community. And so this little idea just kept growing in my mind that like, what if I pulled the trigger and created a podcast and started building my own audience and going deeper with them than I could go in a 150 word Instagram Mm -hmm. caption, you know, and really exploring these ideas and things that I was passionate about and wanted to talk about that I also knew had the potential to help and impact a lot of people. And so when I finally did launch my podcast, I had no idea the doors that it would open and the opportunities that would come from it. And the things that have happened in my business that have happened because of my podcast that would have and could have never happened had I not had a podcast. Mm -hmm. So that, from that perspective too, it's been really interesting to see how a podcast can be such a powerful tool for business because I think so often in business, we get stuck on this idea of what we think we should be doing. Oh, yeah. Because someone else has told us, well, you just have to be on social media. I mean, if you want to grow, you got to show up every day and point to random stuff on the screen and <laughs> dance and, you know, do lip syncs. It's like, wait a second, I didn't get into business to do this. Like, why am I all of a sudden doing this? And when we can get to the point in your business where we recognize, you know what? I am willing to let go of the things that are not working for me. I'm not going to continue pouring my resources, my limited resources, time, Mm -hmm. energy, mental health, not even mentioning money, (laughs) right? All of these limited resources into something that's not working. And by freeing up that time and allowing yourself to explore other options can be I mean, the possibilities that it can open for you are really incredible. So that's what podcasting was for Mm -hmm. me. That's what it did for me, you know, in my own business. And it allowed me to get off of that hamster wheel of just feeling like I was pumping out content every day and really create a community centered around my podcast where I've now built a network of people who are interested in what I have to say. They're interested in learning from me and they regularly share feedback, letting me know that what I'm sharing there is valuable for them. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, it's great to see that you found like your thing and you went with it because it's like you mentioned, you know, there's so many people out there telling you, you know, you need to do this. You need to do that. All these marketing strategies and Sometimes it, it just won't work for you, even though it works for them, which is wonderful. But, you know, they have their own agenda and they want to, you know, push that thing on you. But that doesn't mean it's right for you. But you found, like, what was your thing and you just went with it and you loved it. And probably also one of the reasons why you did so well with it. Yeah, could be. I think that's so true in all aspects of our business, yeah. though, right? Like when we are really connected with what it is we're doing. It's something, this is really goes back to our, what the whole platform that my company is built on, this idea of effortless, because mm-hmm. people will push back on me and they'll say, well, Courtney, a business, you have to work. Mm-hmm. You, <laughs> you, you just can't not work, <laughs> right? I'm like, yes, I didn't say work less. Mm-hmm. I said effortless. And really the, the whole meaning behind that for me is this idea that when you are doing what you love. You're using your gifts. You're using your talents. You're in that flow state. I know everyone's listening has had an experience of what that's like, even if it was just a little glimpse of being in that state where time passes and you had no idea it was even going by and you're just so connected to what you're doing that it doesn't feel like work. It's effortless. It's enjoyable. And that I deeply believe is how business should be. Mm -hmm. Totally agree. Um, you mentioned earlier, you know, that you, well, at the time it wasn't a <clears throat> formula, but now it is. Um, would you mind just, you know, briefly just going over that, what that looks like and how it, you know, people can maybe use that for themselves? Yeah, 
Absolutely. So the way that I teach podcasting is really different from what you'll find in most podcast courses out there. It's also different than what you might Google Mm -hmm. when you type in how to start a podcast. And if you were to do that, which I encourage you, go to Google, type in how to start a podcast and see what comes up. It's going to give you millions of hits in a matter of seconds with far more information than you would ever, ever wish to consume about podcasting. And you'll probably feel pretty overwhelmed just looking at it all because it's like, gosh, where do I even begin? How do I even know what to start with? How do I know what information is going to be relevant to me? So before I share the formula, I want to just share a bit about how I view systems Mm -hmm. in terms of our business, because then it will help the formula make sense. And the way that I always share this is with a story of when I was a little girl, I was about maybe four years old, and I would get these new coloring books for my birthday or maybe in my Easter basket or whatever it was. I loved arts and crafts. I loved to color. And I would get so excited when I would get these brand new coloring books with like nothing colored in it. And I would open that book and I would grab my crayons and start coloring And inevitably, because I was four and because my motor skills weren't that developed Mm. yet, I would go outside of the lines Mm -hmm. and I would get so frustrated because I'm like, oh, I'm supposed to stay in the lines and it's just uh, not working. And I would (laughs) slam the book closed and throw it to the side and like never pick it up again. So fast forward a couple of years later, as I got older, I still had that love and that creative streak within me for doing arts and crafts and things like that. And so around six or seven years old, I started coloring again. And well, what do you know? I was able to stay in the lines. It was so much easier. And I recognized at that time where I was like, okay, I could use a crayon. I could use a marker. Maybe I add some glitter. Maybe I change the color of something. Maybe the sun is supposed to be yellow, but today I want to make it orange. Or maybe today it's green, right? And that the artistic representation of what I created was entirely up to Mm -hmm. me. But the lines held it in place. The lines allowed me to create whatever it was I wanted to create in terms of that end picture, that vision for what I saw that picture could become. So I see systems operating much the same way in our business. They're like the lines in a coloring book where what you do within those lines is up to you. But the lines are there to help you ensure that you stay on track. Because without the lines, we'd be coloring off the page. We'd be throwing glitter all over the place. We wouldn't know what the heck was going on. And a lot of times running a business can feel that way because we don't have that structure in place. On the flip side, though, a lot of people have a tendency to think that systems are very boring Mm -hmm. and they make life boring and it becomes rigid. And then I always have to do it this way because that's what the system says to do. And I can think of no better example for this than the United States government. (laughs) It's like the worst definition of systems you could possibly give, right? And what happens when systems go too far and it becomes too much red tape and too much restriction, But I see systems differently. And like I said, they're really like the lines of that coloring book where they're there to guide you. But what you do within them and how you utilize that system and leverage that system to achieve your vision is entirely up to you. So to tie that into podcasting, when I teach podcasting, I'm going to give you a system. I will show you the three parts, which we'll walk through Mm -hmm. in a moment, but I'll give you the overview to create to launch and to leverage or grow and monetize your podcast. Those are the three Mm -hmm. elements. But what you do within that framework or that system or that formula, whatever you want to label it, truly is yours to be able to utilize and create this beautiful artistic masterpiece, which is your podcast, your message, the people you want to Mm -hmm. reach And so this is what's been amazing to me is that every time I teach this formula, even though it's the same steps, it's the same lines, the picture is always different. And so we have helped so many business owners from all different backgrounds, all different messages, all different walks of life, reaching all different kinds of people to create these beautiful works of art in the form of their podcast by using this very simple formula, create, launch, and leverage. So... Really, the three pieces of those formula, this formula breaks down into 
the three elements of a truly profitable podcast. If you're missing any one of these elements, your show is not going to be as successful as it mm-hmm. could be. You might have some success. You might have success in fits and starts, and maybe you see a lot of ups and downs in terms of downloads and things like that. But it would it's not going to be as successful as it could be if you are missing any one of these ingredients. The problem with most of the information out there today on podcasting is that they have the create piece down pat. I mean, you can type in what kind of podcast microphone mm-hmm. to buy and get hundreds of, of recommendations, you know, and how to create it, what kind of cover art, what should you name it, right? You can find resources on that, but knowing how to pull it all together for your unique show with your unique message is can can be challenging. And then on the back end of that, you know, a lot of people out there are talking about growing a show and how to monetize a show, you know, and how to get a return from your show. And that's important too. But unless you have the right positioning and a solid name and solid messaging that's going to attract your ideal person, there's no point focusing on trying to grow or monetize because you won't have any people to grow or monetize it with. And then the middle piece, the launch piece, this is the piece that boggles my mind, but most people totally skip over this part and they say, just go hit publish. Just get your episodes out there. Just start. And so what happens is most people will do that and then they'll stop after episode six because they didn't launch Mm -hmm. it properly. They didn't get the eyeballs on it in the beginning that it needs in order to really gain traction. And it feels like a slow slog to try to grow a podcast that most people just get discouraged and give up altogether and think it's a waste of time. So you have to have all three of these ingredients to really be able to succeed in the world of podcasting. Because with the create piece, not only are you learning how to position your podcast so you can reach your ideal person who needs your message and where to find them and how to reach them with your show and the angle and topics of your show, then launching it is going to actually help you get it in front of those people. And then when you do that, you'll be able to build traction quickly. This is a the piece that is missing for so many people because podcasting really is a long mm, game, yeah. but it's much longer when you don't launch it because that's really, that's, it helps you grow so much faster. I mean, we could go down a whole rabbit hole there, but I'll just leave it at that for now. And then by the time you've launched it, you've seen those reviews coming in, you're getting your first few hundreds or thousands of downloads. That's exciting. It gives you the motivation to keep going. And you're like, okay, people are resonating with this. People want what I have to say. This has been fun for me. And then you can shift gears and start to look at, now, how can we really leverage the heck out of this and utilize it to build relationships, to create connections, to generate leads, and to monetize, both monetizing through traditional means like advertising and sponsors and terms like that that you hear podcasters Mm -hmm. throw around. And also, if you're a business owner, to send people directly to your courses and programs or your membership and monetize with your own Mm -hmm. stuff and driving traffic into what it is you already offer. So those are the three elements. I'm happy to go as deep as you want. I don't know how much time (laughs) we have. I could talk about this stuff all day, but that's a a broad brush overview. Uh, One thing that comes to mind is, you know, there's probably a few people who's listening on this right now and they may have already launched a podcast. So how would that work for those who already have a podcast and have had a podcast for maybe a couple of years? And, you know, is this something they can utilize and like relaunch it or yeah. How, how would that look? Yeah, this is a great question. This is not a question I always am asked. So I'm really (laughs) glad that you bring this up because I'm, yeah, people are probably wondering this. I'm sure there's people listening who have a show and then bet you the second thought that follows that is like, is it too Mm -hmm. late for me? You know, I've already been podcasting. I had someone reach out to me a couple of weeks back. She said, Courtney, I know you say most podcasters stop after episode six. I'm 54 episodes Mm -hmm. in. I didn't launch it. I didn't do any of the things you said to do. Can you still (laughs) help me? me. (laughs) And my answer was, yes. Can you save me? Is it too late for me? Absolutely. In fact, you are in a better position than someone who has never produced a single Mm -hmm. episode. Because with the way the launch process works, 
It's got a couple of elements to it. One is utilizing your existing community to support your podcast, whether you're launching for the first time or whether you're relaunching. Maybe you're just want to relaunch it. Maybe you're rebranding. Maybe you're celebrating an anniversary and just want to do something big to generate awareness and buzz about the show. And by launching with an existing, we'll call it a bank Mm -hmm. of episodes, you're also going to increase your downloads that you get on Mm -hmm. launch day. So when I'm teaching podcasting, I'm always recommending to our students, I'm like, you want to launch with a minimum of minimum five episodes. Mm -hmm. 10 would be better. A hundred would be better. Now, the real the reality of someone go record 100 episodes, right, to launch a podcast with is probably not that realistic, unless you're planning for like a year and then you launch yeah. 100 episodes. But the more episodes you have when you launch, the better your chances of ranking and the more downloads you'll be able to get, which, of course, directly impact your ability to rank, depending on how competitive your category is without mm-hmm. getting into all the technical aspects. So if you're a podcaster who's been podcasting for three, six, 10, 12 months or more, and maybe your show just hasn't gained the traction, maybe you didn't launch it, maybe it took you a while to kind of find your rhythm and now you have a topic in mind, you know what you're talking about, maybe your branding needs a little sprucing up in terms of who you're targeting, how you're targeting them with your show, and you relaunch it and you're able to relaunch with all those episodes that you already have, plus maybe a few more just to celebrate the launch, you are going to see a tremendous increase in your traction and in your downloads. And it's really powerful because a couple of reasons. Number one, if you were to just do what most people do and hit publish on a podcast episode, then you're starting at the same level or the same playing field as everybody Mm -hmm. else. Now, when you're going up against podcasters out there who've had shows for years and they're in the top and they hold the top spots in that category and you're trying to make an entrance, but you're doing the same thing that everybody else is doing, then you're competing with everybody else who's hitting publish on the same day as you. But when you have a really strategic launch plan, not a complicated launch plan, but a strategic launch plan where you take a few steps and lay a little bit of groundwork first before hitting publish, you'll be able to drive more traffic to your show Mm -hmm. on launch day. Like I said, having a a bunch of episodes is really going to help you in this game. And then you will be able to get in front of more people simply because you are leveling up your playing field. And so that's what launching really does. And the beauty of launching is that you can launch and you can relaunch Mm -hmm. anytime. In fact, I tell our students, you should be launching at least once a year. Every year on your podcast anniversary, you should be having a relaunch party and just driving that traffic back to your show. That is really clever. Mm -hmm. And you mentioned, you know, you mentioned ads and I know people have like, they say both things. No, you shouldn't spend money on ads because that's useless. Mm-hmm. You know, you're just going to get traffic. And that's what's the point. But you also mentioned that, you know, you can leverage your podcast and you can actually get leads and get people to, you know, sign up for whatever they say you're offering. So what are your standpoint mm-hmm. on doing ads on, you know, podcast episodes or whatever it might be? Yeah, there's a lot of ways to look at it. And Ads, and there's a couple of different things we can talk about when it comes to ads. So first would be having other people advertise on Mm -hmm. your show and paying you money to get in front of your audience, which is one way to monetize. Sponsorships, advertising, they're usually paying based on the number Mm -hmm. of listeners you have, which is all the more reason why you'd want to launch your show so you can build that listener base quickly and monetize sooner. For a lot of people... Getting advertisers or getting sponsors on their show doesn't come Mm -hmm. until later because you do have to have, sometimes they like to see a minimum of a thousand downloads per episode, let's just say ballpark, before they really pay Mm -hmm. any attention to you, you know, and it's kind of a shame, but that's just the way it is. At the same time, though, I tell people, don't look at that, you know, the downside, like, oh, they're not going to pay attention to me because I'm not big enough yet. No, build with what you have. And so if you have a course or a program or something that you sell 
you can monetize your show that way. And there's also several other ways that you can monetize without advertisers or sponsors. That's one side of advertising. On the other side of advertising, there's advertising your show to get more eyeballs on your show. And so I've known people who've done like podcast ads and different campaigns and things, you know, on Facebook or on Instagram or doing kind of more traditional Mm -hmm. ad campaigns to grow their show. I can't tell you how much traffic they've gotten from it because they've never reported back to me to let me know if it actually had an impact, which that (laughs) alone tells me. Because if it did have a certain impact, obviously, but Courtney, Courtney, check this out. (laughs) Courtney, Courtney, this is really working, right? So in fact, with our students, I'm never, I I don't even teach Mm. ads, you know, certainly if that's something they want to explore and pursue, yeah, you could run ads to your podcast, Mm -hmm. traditionally speaking. But the way that I like to advertise is strictly organic. And there are some platforms out there that can help you do this. One of those platforms is called Audrey, A-U-D-R-Y. And what you do when you have a podcast is you go, you set up your podcast profile, you link your show, you include a little bit of information about your show, and you create a short little trailer, Mm -hmm. one to two minutes, talking about your show and who your audience is. And this plugs you into a network of other podcast hosts who are doing the same thing. And so what you can then begin to do is connect and collaborate with other podcast hosts and do something called a trailer swap where they're promoting your podcast to their audience and you're giving them a shout out on your show to promote their podcast and kind of draw Mm. cross promote and drive traffic that way. That's really honestly, a very underrated and potentially very effective tool. Because think about it, if you're a host on a show and your audience knows you, they like you, they trust you, they're going to trust whatever recommendations you have. So when you create a quality relationship with another podcast host, you're not just doing this with anybody and everybody, you're trying to find those hosts that really have an aligned audience with yours you like their show, you like the host, you like what they're about. Maybe they teach a topic that's different than you, but to the Mm -hmm. same audience. And you make the recommendation on your show to say, hey, you need to go check out this podcast. In fact, I did this just the other day. I said, there's a podcast that is fantastic. If you want to go listen and learn about business mindset and whatever it was about this podcast, I said, go check it out. It's such and such podcast and you can find it everywhere podcasts are found. Now my listeners are going to trust Mm -hmm. my recommendation. So if there's someone that already listens to podcasts and they're looking for other podcasts to listen to, chances are they're going to go find that podcast and vice versa. So that can be a very effective way that doesn't take a whole lot of time to really cross promote and get more eyeballs on your show. Another tool, and this is something that I laugh, Kim, because this is such an obvious one, but it is, once you have a podcast, it's like you become a host and we forget about all the means that were available to us before, but it's to be a guest on other podcasts. And just like me sharing about podcasting here on your show right now and launching a podcast and what that's all about. You know, I have a podcast where we talk about systems and marketing and podcasting and all kinds of things as it relates to business and business systems. But for a long time as a podcast host, I was so focused on my own show Mm -hmm. and being the host that I forgot about being a guest. And that is one of the most effective ways to get people to your show as well and essentially advertise your show. Because if someone's listening right now to this podcast and they Mm -hmm. hear me on this show and they're like, well, I want to learn more about systems or I need some help with that in my business. Well, chances are they might go check out my show and take a look at that. And that helps you, again, get in front of other audiences. So when it comes to advertising, you know, particularly from the perspective of getting your show in front of more people, yeah, you can Mm -hmm. pay to do it, certainly. You know, and I think Facebook ads nowadays are averaging about 5 to $10 a lead. So if you've got the budget, go for it. But a lot of people that I know either don't have the budget or they're not willing to spend it and not know what kind of a return mm-hmm. they will get because you're driving traffic to listen to a show that's not necessarily a sale. 
And so it's really difficult to track how those ads are actually converting. So if you don't have a lot of extra ad spend money sitting around, then the rule of thumb that I always say for growing your show is to borrow other people's mm-hmm. audiences to do it. And when you find others that have an aligned audience with yours that are going to resonate with whatever topic it is that you're sharing, then you're going to naturally and authentically and sincerely drive traffic back to what you're doing. You know, because those that are listening today, there's probably some that are like, oh, this Courtney girl talks too much. I'm never going to go listen to her show, you know, but there's others who might be sitting here listening, going, wow, I really am inspired by what she's sharing. And yeah, I want to check out her stuff. And so that is just a natural and organic way to always be growing Exactly. when it comes to podcasting. So what are your best tips to get on another podcast? Ooh, I love this question. <laughs> In fact, I don't know if this would be helpful for your listeners, but I do have a pitch template that I share nice. when it comes to pitching yourself as a guest for other shows, whether you have a podcast of your own or whether you don't, and you're just looking to be a guest mm-hmm. because guesting on other people's podcasts, appearing as a guest can be one of the fastest ways to grow your email list mm-hmm. when you know how to do it right. When you're not just pitching willy nilly and trying to get on any and every podcast, but when you're really strategic with the podcast that you're pitching and when you have a very tangible plan or call to action at the end that you're going to invite them, you know, hey, here's a special link that I only share on these episodes where you can book a call with me, free 30 minutes to talk about X, Y, or Z. Or here's a free gift that I'd love to share with your audience about blah, 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 right? And having some way to capture that traffic. So even if you're not a podcast host, it's also a great way not only to build your list, but also to get your feet wet with podcasting and see if you even like Mm -hmm. it. You know, see how it is to be a guest and and what that feels like to kind of start sharing your message in this way. So in that template, you know, it's funny because as a host, which Ken, I'm sure you get this all the time as well, having podcasting, been being having been podcasting for so long, is you get a lot of pitches. Oh yeah. And not all of them are great. And I mean, you know, I say that with so much love, but I mean, some of these pitches we get are absolutely terrible. It's like, did you even look at the show before you pitched me? You know, did you even take any time? And so, you know, I can go on for hours about what not to do. But when it comes to pitching, really, there's just four things you need to remember. The first is you want to always target the person in charge of booking guests for that show. The reason this is important is because if you send an email to the show host, but the host is not actually the person who books the guests, that host, depending on the systems they have on the back end, may or may not forward your email to the person in charge of it. It might get missed. It might just get deleted because they're like, oh, I don't handle that. And they just delete it. They won't even take the time to respond to you. But when you just do a little bit of research and find out, okay, who's actually in charge of this show and how can I get that person's information so I can pitch them, then you're building and creating a connection with the gatekeeper. And that's who's going to either let you on the show or not. So that's the person you want to build the relationship with. And so I share that as an example because back in the day, I used to handle all the guests that would come onto the show and I would vet them and I would review them and I'd be the one reaching back out to them and booking Mm -hmm. them. Now I have a podcast manager who does that. And so we've gotten pitches before where they somehow find my email and they pitch me. And of course I'm a nice person. So I always (laughs) forward that email. I don't just hit the delete button. I always send it on to her, but you know, there's a chance of your message getting lost. And also it's like, well, you know, they, they assume that I'm in charge of doing guests when really I'm not. The relationship they need to be building is with my podcast manager who is responsible for bringing guests onto this mm-hmm. show. And I don't have the final say so in that anymore. She does. So she's the gatekeeper. So do your research. Okay. And this is also going to play out into when you're pitching the next step, part two which is building a relationship with the person that you're pitching. 
So what I see where this goes wrong is a lot of people will do what I call copy and paste pitching, Mm. where they might change the name of the person that they're sending that pitch to, but you can tell it was a copy and paste email. (laughs) And you can tell that they did not put any thought or any time into making that pitch specific for your show. And those pitches are much more likely to get deleted because in a matter of a split second, that host is going to read that email or the person responsible is going to read that email and they are going to feel that you don't care. Mm -hmm. Now, this is not necessarily a conscious assumption that they're making. They're not sitting there at their keyboard going, oh my gosh, this person doesn't care about us. They're just going to go delete because they didn't resonate with Mm -hmm. it. You'll be lucky if you get a kind response saying thanks, but no thanks. And so when you can build a relationship with that person simply by finding a few points of connection and showing that person that you took the time to maybe listen to an episode and share what you liked best about it, maybe leave a review on that podcast and share a screenshot and say, hey, just wanted to send some love your way. Love the work that you're doing. If you see this review come in, this was me and share a couple of really kind sentences, that host is going to go, whoa, because not everybody does that. And as a podcast host, we know how much those reviews really Mm -hmm. mean on multiple levels. So that's automatically going to grab their attention. And because you made them feel something, you made them feel acknowledged, you made them feel appreciated, they're going to be much more likely to read the rest of your email, which is where you will then come in with part three, as to how you can fill a content gap for that host. So what I mean by that is that rather than just saying, here are the five topics that I talk about, and I would love to get in front of your Mm -hmm. audience and share about one of these topics. Like we're podcast hosts. We know you want to get in front of our audience. We know what your end game is. Okay. There's no fooling us. But when you can position those areas of your expertise and show me how that's going to benefit my audience, because either it's not something I've talked about on the show before, or it's not something that's been talked about for a while on the show, or maybe it's an angle that hasn't been explored before. Mm -hmm. That's going to fill a need that I have. And I'm going to naturally want you to come in and solve that problem for me that you've just illuminated for me, which is that, Hey, you have this content gap. You don't necessarily say that, but that's, what's being illuminated here is it's like, I've noticed that you haven't talked about this on the show before. This is what I do. And I would love to share with your audience these tangible strategies for X, Y, and Z so that they can, what's the benefit there for the audience, right? And you're making these connections with your host to help them see why they should bring you on as a guest because of the value that you'll provide to their audience. And then at the very end, and this is part four, This is, again, where a lot of people just totally go off the rails and they start sharing all of this stuff like, you know, and I'm happy to provide this free gift for you. And then we can also do this and I'll be able to share and promote it with my audience. And they kind of just jump right to that. Whereas really at this point, all you need to simply ask is, are you Mm -hmm. interested? That's the ask. You're just looking for a yes. That's it. So true. You're not really looking to secure the booking right then. That will come later if the person is interested. So, you know, I think we have a tendency to overcomplicate pitches or because it's kind of a weird thing sometimes for us as business owners to talk about ourselves in that way. Like, here's what I talk about. Here's why I'm so great. Here's why I'd be a great guest for your audience. We feel weird. All this mindset story stuff comes up and the self-doubt. We start telling ourselves, you know, why we're not qualified or we don't have the experience or, oh, I would never be able to land on that big show. So I'm just not going to even pitch them. When really, when you have just this simple process for pitching guests, you know how to do it. You know who to address, how to address them, how to present your topic of expertise in a way that benefits their audience and ask whether or not they're interested. That's all you have to do. And you would be amazed at how better received your pitches are when you follow that simple format. So if it helps, I'd be happy to share that template where I literally have a video and I walk you through this template, how to use it, what to say, you know, how to format your stuff and fitting into that framework so that you can double your chances of landing a spot on your dream podcast. Yes. 
we would love that. So we can link that up in show notes. <laughs> yes, <I'm sure. laughs> absolutely. I am going to, you know what? And I'll tell you this, let's just do, um, if you go to the effortlesslife.co slash OMG, I'm launching just all together, no mm-hmm. apostrophe, just OMG, I'm launching. We'll just make that the link. I'll send it to you. You can put it in the show Beautiful. notes. Um, but yeah, the effortlesslife.co, OMG, I'm all launching. Right. Yeah, you can get the copy of that. Beautiful. Template. And uh, yeah, we could talk about this forever, obviously, because <laughs> Courtney, she can't shut up. So <laughs> I can't shut up. I know I'm so long-winded. <laughs> I always warn hosts before. I'm like, just, you know, like, Give me a signal over here. Like, well, this is the same. Hello, right? stop talking. <laughs> no, but seriously, we could probably talk, you know, uh, for a couple of hours. But uh, yeah, we need to keep it a little bit short. But um, yeah, so you gave us a free gift. Do you have any other free gifts that you want to share with us <clears throat> before we wrap it up? I mean, that would be, you know, I do. I mean, I have a bajillion <laughs> things I could share with you. But I think that one would be relevant for those that are looking to grow their audience through mm-hmm. podcasting. But I have one other that I will share with you that is also helpful if you're thinking of starting a podcast of mm-hmm. your own, but you're not 100% sure yet if it's the next best thing for you. And so what this is, is it's a, a guide that I've created called Five Things You Need to Know Before Launching a Podcast. And it walks you through the five biggest misconceptions about podcasting and unpacks each one of those for you to help you see if launching a podcast of your own is the next right move for your business. Time and content creation being two of the big ones, and there's a few others that we cover in there. So if those are some of the thoughts in your mind, like, yeah, this sounds great, but I don't know where the heck I would fit this in. Or this sounds great, but ah, what if I run out of things to talk about? You know, I couldn't possibly have a a show of my own then this guide's going to walk you through those kinds of questions mm-hmm. to really help you explore whether podcast is a good fit for you. So I'd be happy to share that one too. We can link to that in the show notes. Yes, we'll do that. And obviously, if people want to work with you or go through the um, the course that you have on podcasting or yeah, just connect with you, where can they do that? Yeah, the best place is Instagram. Reach out to me there. I'm at the Courtney Elmer. Shoot me a DM. Let me know you heard me on Ken's podcast. I'd love to chat with you and just hear about your podcast idea, you know, and can help kind of bounce that back and forth. And, you know, if you've got ideas, but you're not really sure how it's all going to play out in terms of connecting your podcast idea with your business, just shoot me a message. Let's chat about it. That's really the best place. And then, of course, my podcast, which is Systems Made Simple. You can find that everywhere that you get your podcast. Whatever app you're listening to right now, you'll be able to look it up. Mm -hmm. And over there, we talk each week about really getting the right structure and support in place in your business so you can spend more time in your zone of genius. Perfect. We'll link up everything in the show notes, obviously, so people have something to click on. And yeah, I just want to say thank you once again for coming on the show, talking even more about podcast launching. I know we did that the first time, but this kind of just, yeah, cemented the whole idea of launching a podcast. So yeah, I love that. So thank you so much. Thank you for having me. This has been fun. Yeah, it has. And thank you for everybody for listening in and we'll talk soon again. Thank you so much for listening to the Oh My God, I'm Launching podcast. Now, if you like this episode, I would really appreciate if you left a review over on iTunes. And secondly, head on over to Instagram and connect with me at Ken Westgar. That's K-E-N-W-E-S-T-G-A-A-R-D. And drop me a DM and tell me all about your launch. And I'll catch you in the next episode.